Um, but then you also have, as a part of the ongoing relationship, um, the continuous education. Because people who are really into whatever you do, if, you, you know, if you're documenting or um, producing knowledge around something which is fairly complex, there is an aspect of continued ed continuous education that's part of the service that you're providing to them. So I, I, I love that reminder that content is a product. And I'm going to take it a step further. You know, I think that as we move more and more into like a subscription economy and more and more organizations are, you know, even if they're not SaaS companies, they're based on recurring subscription revenue. The reality is that the way an organization interacts with its um, customers is more over time, right? And customers don't come to an organization and say, you know, I just want to buy a product typically. Like they want you to solve a particular set of problems for them. And if they're paying a subscription, they want you to solve it over time. So, you know, who cares if that is being solved that would be traditionally considered to be like a physical or digital product or if it's being solved with content. So content becomes part of the value your organization produces. And at the end of the day, your customer doesn't really care if the value is where the value comes from, as long as it's coming from you, because that's who they're paying the subscription to every month or year. Exactly. In fact, there was a particular article that was on SaaS that was talking about how uh, pre and post sales experience uh, is, 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 is kind of a silly thing to talk about in the subscription, in any kind of subscription based model. And which, so it's not only, they were talking about SaaS software, but mm -hmm. Anywhere where you're getting updates, upgrades, um, uh, you know, anywhere you have a connection to the product, which is you know, thousands and thousands of products now that you know the Internet of Things is becoming uh, um, a consistent, you know, a, a widely dispersed and, and commonplace thing. You're, you're often in regular contact with uh, the brands in your life because there's some kind of change happening. The products are getting better. They're getting upgraded. They're they're um, getting smarter, uh, and they want to get you off the old one and get you on the new one. So that the relationship uh, is not divided into pre-sales, purchase, post-sales. You're constantly mm -hmm. needing to support even before they they buy, and you're constantly needing to uh, be a good relationship partner. I don't want to use the word sell, although that's that that's kind of this that's the goal. But the precursor to selling is maintaining a good relationship. Uh, so that's why customer journey mapping is looking at the customer's perspective of how they go through what they're trying to accomplish rather than uh, 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 customer life cycle or rather than I think what what's often called buyer's journey. Uh, and some people actually use customer journey and, and buyer's journey synonymously, which for me is basically that simple um, you know, awareness, consideration, purchase, support, advocacy, and, uh, you know, whatever variants you want to put in that. But it's this linear funnel-based thinking of, you don't know who I am, you're thinking about me, you bought something, and now I throw you over the wall to support. And that model is dying. Uh, it's, yeah, it's just, oh, totally. it's becoming less and less relevant because it's, it's too easy to switch products and there's too much uh, ability for these people to 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 churn, uh, so we all have to be maintaining good relationships with the products. I, I'll give you like a random example, which which I I love, and this is from twenty years ago. Was uh, let's say uh, trucks. You know, you might think of a truck 
as something that you sell and then you take on take it on and you own it uh, and it's yours. But when I was working with uh, actual truck manufacturers, uh, the they were selling truck as a service because the owner of the trucks they don't care about trucks. They don't want trucks. They want mm-hmm. their goods moved from one place to another. Right. So they want a constantly constantly flowing goods around wherever they want their goods to move. That's what they're paying for. So right. when they buy, they actually have a whole network of, and when they think about it that way from a customer-centric perspective, they think about things like how do we enable service centers to make sure that trucks get back on the road as fast as possible? You know, we as a manufacturer want to make sure that that's the case. And uh, we have a relationship with the entire ecosystem around our trucks to make sure that they're moving all the time. And you will pay us a, a you know, an ongoing fee for, uh, for value-added services throughout the life of the truck, not just at the point of purchase. And, and that was, that's just an, a pointer about how there's all these things which we consider to just be objects, but are actually part of uh, a relationship that, that's built and needs to be maintained. Yeah. I, th- I think that that's, I think that's really just the direction of the world. Like, I think that's how everything is moving. Um, and I think when it starts to, like, when you start to think about it from a content perspective, the, I think the shift that a lot of people who are in the more like knowledge side of content, so, you know, product content, learning content, reference content, um, I think it's really been a deliverable mindset for a long time. And, you know, I, I don't know that, that that ever goes away entirely. I think that, you know, to some extent, like, you know, you still have to get the, you know, this out for this date, you know, in this completeness that talks about this, right? But at the same time, I do think that there's also going to be this shift along what you're referring to in this customer journey mapping and realizing that, you know, as a part of the relationship you're building with a customer, it's incumbent on people in, you know, the the technical and knowledge side of the content house to be contributing the really you know, deep knowledge, answers, education, part of the relationship, because that is part of the relationship when you have a complex good, right? Like, you know, there's, there isn't, there's an aspect of awareness. You need to be aware of the new version. You need to be aware of the new features, those kinds of things. You need to be aware of the new capabilities, what's coming down. And that might still kind of fall more into people who are, you know, a little more on the broadcast marketing you know, you do the monthly newsletter and it's got the updates and all that kind of stuff. We do that stuff. I mean, like, you know, almost all brands do that stuff. Um, but then you also have as a part of the ongoing relationship, um, the continuous education because people who are really into whatever you do, if you, you know, if you're documenting or um, producing knowledge around something which is fairly complex, there is an aspect of continued ed- continuous education. That's part of the service that you're providing to them. So, you know, when you think about like answers over time, do you ever think about delivering those answers before people have questions? Well, let me come back to that truck example. Because I think you just described a lot of that, a lot of the detail behind that story. And I, I, I love this example. I mean, as I said, I've been using it for two decades of my career. Um, so how have I not it, heard it? You've been using uh-huh. it for two decades. I haven't yeah. heard it. You've been using it for two decades. I've never heard it. It's because I got a lot of stories. <laughs> I got a lot of stories <laughs> right. in my basket. Fair enough. Right. So this is, yeah, so this is an oldie but a goodie. So you are the truck manufacturer. You have sold truck to the to the to the to the company that's going to be shipping stuff, or you know, has let's say you're selling it to Amazon for their own goods, or you're selling it to uh, FedEx for you know, shipping other people's goods, whatever. 
So you have a relationship with the customer. What is your relationship to all the service centers? So your truck needs, you know, your truck pops a gasket or, you know, I don't know about trucks. Something goes wrong with the truck. <laughs> uh, and it rolls up. <laughs> bad, truck. Huh? bad truck. Yeah, bad truck. So bad truck. The truck goes bad on you. So you yeah. need to take it into a service center. Um, the service center is now a conduit for your knowledge. And so what they would do is they say, okay, uh, service center people, uh, a, a, an engineer of this certification level with this problem in front of them should be able to, to swap out this gasket in this amount of time. If mm-hmm. you do it in that amount of time, uh, we will we will pay you. If you go over, it comes out of your pocket. Mm-hmm. And so there's this now there's this agreement in place. We will provide you the information and the knowledge you need, uh, access to a good portal, uh, you know, um, access to good inventory information. We we need to provide you everything you need to do to be able to execute like this. And you need to have you need to make sure that your people have the knowledge uh, and have absorbed the knowledge in the right way and are using the portal and are educated on the portal correctly that they are able to do the tasks in the time we have set and agreed on. And so there's an actual like knowledge and the, the knowledge service underpinning the physical product becomes part of the contractual arrangement at directly part of the financial arrangement in order so that the two suppliers, service centers, truck manufacturers are making truck owner, a happy customer. Well, so the thing I think that's really interesting about that is if you take like the information aspect of it and you try to back it all the way back to the owner. So you figure the owner goes in with the truck with a blown gasket or however their truck has gone bad and they pull up to the service center and they say, you know, my truck's bad and they look at it and the guy standing at the front desk, if he has that portal, and he has that information about how long it's going to take and like, you know, what's involved and all those kinds of things. He can get a response right back to the guy who's driving the truck, who goes right back to the customer and they can plan around that. So the customer experience there is something went bad, something went wrong, but I have a plan there on top of it. I know what's going to happen. You know, I can, I can work around this. And that is a really different customer experience than if you pull up and they say, leave it here, you know, we'll take a look at it and we'll, we'll let you know we can get it back on the road. And the core difference there might just be those knowledge materials that talk about how these problems get resolved and the, uh, the expected time um, that should be involved with, with resolving them. And like, that's a vastly different customer experience. I think looking at that chain is very interesting. One of my favorite bits of that is how it motivates better information design and product design. So, totally. you know, you, if, you're, if your goal is to sell trucks, you're, you're motivated, you're building your organization around selling trucks. If your organization is make sure that the customer is happy and moving their goods around, then you're going to analyze that whole process in a different way. And you go, where are their inefficiencies in my overall process? And so that motivated the truck manufacturers to not like give them a paper manual and have them, mm-hmm. you know, have each engineer kind of look at it and diagnose problems look in a troubleshooting guide, for example, they say, okay, that's way too slow. We need the truck back on the road because we need to make the customer happy. So now we're going to, we're going to connect to, we're going to connect the trucks, um, onboard computer to a tablet and the tablet's going to say, this is what's wrong with me. Uh, or this is, these are the, these are the errors, which I'm, which I'm throwing. These are a snippet of what the problem is. So it's the same way you would get a search engine results page. So it says, um, I've got this error code, this error code, and this error code. Here's 
three possible solutions uh, that are that are likely, and here's the time they're going to take, and here's what you can here's what you can say to your customer. So that's and having that, that having that part in there that says time. having that part in there that says here's what you can say to your customer. That's the thing that allows you to deliver a consistent customer experience over a large enterprise. Because when you're when you're putting that in front of somebody and you know that people are going to read it, now you know what you're saying to your customer. And if you just don't have that there, all you're doing is you're relying on the interpretation of the person standing in front of the customer. And think about how fundamentally different that is. Like that's wild. That small little thing as a part of technical content, information design, and knowledge delivery is the difference between being able to measure, track, and improve a customer experience over time and not being able to do that. Exactly. This is why I'm passionate about customer experience. And so I'm, I'm thinking, this is how we need to prioritize our content investments. Because before we go, okay, what does the product do? Let's document all its features. What are its errors? You know, let's, let's do document all the troubleshooting stuff. Uh, what are all the technical specifications? Okay, now let's publish all the specifications. That whole model is not built around the real world experience. It's built around ticking boxes. It's built around here are all the features, here are all the errors, here are all the specifications, here you go, uh, deal with it. What we're doing with customer journey mapping is saying, what do they want? And therefore, we have a limited resource to design all this, to write it all, to check it all, to translate it all. So we prioritize based on these are the things we know the customers are actually asking. Not everything the product does, not every error code, but let's put our maximum effort into what most people are, are, are suffering. 